0: He had taken flak in his right leg on a bombing run, and a machine-gun round from one of the ME-109s had caught him in the shoulder. Later, when they were clear of the Malay, he had refused the morphine offered by the navigator with a harsh shake of his head. He was the co-pilot. There was work yet to be done, and, looking over at the pilot, he knew there was a chance he might still be needed. The pilot's hollowed bloodshot eyes stared at what was left of the instrument panel as he made his approach he was doing his best to hold the lumbering bullet-riddled aircraft steady but the ailerons were getting stiff and uncooperative a hydraulic line had been severed and the wheel under the port wing was hanging down creating even more drag he had trimmed her out as best he could but he was still almost standing on the left rudder to keep them flying straight and level Number one engine was still on fire. Greedy yellow flames licked over the cowling, eating their way into the wing. The smoke was escaping through the aluminum plates of the upper surface as they warped from the heat. The way the plane was shaking, it wouldn't be long before pieces of the wings started peeling away. The controls in the pilot's hands were slick and red. The jagged wound in his bicep had sent blood coursing down his inner arm into his hand. It dripped in lethal refrain, puddling on the floorboard, forming slim red rivers as it slipped through the rugged, windy holes on the bottom of the plane. One of the rounds that had torn through the cockpit had pierced his calf. The blood from that wound had filled his boot, and it squished as he worked the rudders. "'This is it,' the pilot thought. "'The unlucky number in the lottery of war.' It had been reduced to a race." The plane was nearly out of fuel. He was running out of blood. Both he and this bloody old crate were running out of time. He turned from the controls and did his best to grin at his friend and co-pilot. "'Hang on, Rodney, old boy,' he muttered. "'I'm taking her in.' Rodney nodded and attempted a smile that was lost to a grimace as he eased himself up in his seat, preparing to assist. Together they coaxed the other landing wheel down out of its fractured housing, locking both wheels in place. The intercom was gone, shot to hell. There was no way to prepare those still alive in the airplane for a landing. Squadron leader, Robert Carlson, stood on the flight line next to his Spitfire and watched as in the distance the flaps slowly lowered on the ravaged and weary Lancaster. He had picked them up on the far side of the channel and escorted them to the English coast. He had done what he could. The rest was up to the pilot and God. Anxiously, he ran his fingers through his blond hair, his eyes never leaving the plane. The Lancaster lumbered across the sky. It lurched, hewed, as if controlled by a student pilot, plunging with perilous swiftness toward the runway. "'Get the rest of your bloody flaps down,' Carlson whispered. "'You're coming in too bloody hot.' He didn't know that the hydraulics had given out, and neither man in the cockpit had the strength left to deal with their manual operation. The pilot, nearing unconsciousness from his loss of blood, concentrated solely on fighting the darkness that was closing in around him. Patches of pain filled, gray fog swam before his eyes. He shook his head, put all his effort into the center of that runway. The plane soared over the threshold and hit the runway hard. It bounced into the air again, and canted wildly, coming down a second time on the starboard wing and wheel. The wheel struts hadn't locked properly, and the wheel collapsed into the wing, sending the plane skidding sideways down the runway, shredding the wingtip, then wrenching the entire end of the wing away from the outboard engine. The fire trucks and ambulances were on their way onto the field at the first bounce. The men of the two fighter squadrons that had just landed stood there, frozen to the earth stone statues whispering advice that would never be heard. The second wheel of the Lancaster snapped with the sound of breaking bone, and the plane slapped flat on the runway, gouging at the earth with its undercarriage and shedding pieces of its thin aluminum wings and fuselage in a maelstrom of twisted metal. Hands clenched at his sides in dread. Carlson waited for the plane to buckle and roll, for the explosion he was sure would come instead the aircraft gradually began to slow still skidding sideways the plane lost momentum after a few more anxious moments what was left of it jarred itself slowly to a stop